Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, the British Grand Prix edition. And sadly, myself and Tommy, of course, is with me once again. Hello, Tommy. Hello. Uh, we, we're not coming off the buzz of actually having been to to Silverstone, which is a very mm. weird feeling, isn't it? It's uh, it's not sad. something that we're used to. No, it was very weird watching from home, especially because I'm not very far from the circuit either. And just a very weird, I think this was the first one of the year. Don't, don't get me wrong, like no offence to uh, Austria in particular, because obviously the Dutch fans there are absolutely incredible. But I think because, you know, we go to Silverstone every year and you really expect fans there, um, it did feel very strange. And the fact that you did have Lewis winning in such an incredible way, I couldn't help but feel my days, what uh, atmosphere that would have been for those final laps. That would have been ridiculous. I remember just sat there watching the race and I genuinely started screaming because I was I was looking at the Delta. I, I'm, I'm not going to give myself, you know, credit. Well, I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit. I was, watching, <laughs> I was watching the time Deltas and I saw Bottas falling away from Verstappen and I thought, okay, look, he's losing a bit of time. But then I saw it coming down every... It came down like by a second every second yeah. and I was like oh my god something's on my Bottas then five seconds later boom camera nice shot anyway yeah it was it was weird wasn't it it was a, yeah. a very it was a it wasn't even a tale of two halves it was a tale of 97 percent and three percent indeed but we'll, well we'll go into it with your race review we but will. yes it was rather uh, memorable which will never be forgotten yes uh, three word race reviews D. Singh, Lewis Lucky Hamilton Sterinosig tires left chat, Jazz Simge Red Bull effed up, and Rocket Deckers underscore sad for Hulkenberg. Uh, As we run down those, D Singh completely disagree uh, with Lewis Lucky Hamilton uh, and people. I can already feel them typing. Oh my god, it's because you're British, you're Lewis fanboy. We're not. If you watch any of our content, you'll know that both myself and Tommy couldn't give a stuff if Hamilton wins or not. Ster- yeah, Sterling Nussage, tyres left chat, they very much did. Rebel left up. Uh, I'm again, agree I'm, with that either. Yeah, I'm inclined not to agree with that. And sad for Hulkenberg, I think we can all say that we, we agree with that one. Uh, but my, my three-word race review uh, will we'll kick things off with me. Iconic, but boring. Now, mm. what I mean by this is that that race will never be forgotten. It will be down in the history books as, well, correct me if I'm wrong, the only time anyone's ever won with a puncture or with three wheels. Um, Indeed. Is that right, Tommy? Indeed, yes. Okay, perfect. Cool. Awesome. Uh, we got through the fact checker. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> but but most of the race was was completely and utterly dull, at least for the, uh, the, the fight for the lead. The midfield battle was actually quite interesting. Uh, but, you know, when you look at iconic races throughout the years, it's always a fight for the lead. You don't really look back at a race and go, oh, my God, that was iconic because there was a fight for seventh. Um, but this one will go down because of the way it ended, which was just the most bizarre thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it it really will. I, I agree with you on the iconic side. Boring. It was definitely borderline boring. I I mean, you know, boring. I'm not complaining. Con- I've already said this bo- year. I'm not complaining. Yeah. Uh, oh, know, no, no. Was- boring in the, conce- uh, in the context of good Formula One races. Yes. yes. Um, I guess... I'm sure that's it was a, it was were, a very much saying. a nil nil draw for most of it. Yeah, you can still uh, appreciate obviously... the sport, but mm. there weren't yeah, really bit... any goals, were there? Yeah, midfield battles. Unfortunately, midfield battles is what we've just come to expect now with Mercedes and Verstappen just going off into the distance because it did very much. Um, it did seem that way, but totally agree with the iconic thing because it's going to be one of those races where, regardless of everything else that went on everyone will remember that moment and it was going to be played on highlight reels forever. It's going to be in every like F1 montage from now on. <laughs> a bit a bit like, um, so thinking of a couple of examples, they like to re- replay classic races, don't they, on a lot of things and they do on, on YouTube as well. Yeah. And I feel like this is going to be one where people will vote for it and want to see it again. And then in in ten years, twenty years time, and just forget just how dull the rest of the race actually was, um, because 
the examples I can think of is, you know, the um, it was a bit before my time, but Mansell and Senna, where they were sparking down Catalonia. Yeah. That's like iconic F1 moment that's in every highlights. Everyone talks about it all the time that it's like that that is the 90s. But actually that race wasn't particularly interesting, really. Same with the, the Prost-Senna thing in Japan. Not a lot of action for much of the race. So... Mm. It, it will be like one of those things where the whole race isn't an absolute banger, but that moment will just go down in the history books forever. And that's the thing with with motorsport. And to be fair, when you look at, I, I hate to liken it to football and stuff because I'm not a massive football fan. But you know, in terms of what like matches, you, you know, you don't have goals every five minutes. You don't have thrilling action throughout the entirety of the ninety minutes of, of, of football or or whatever sport you're watching. And, and motorsports no exception to that because that's the kind of moments we live for as as formula 1 fans we don't expect wheel to wheel battles for first place throughout the entire race but moments like that where you'll just go as you say you know you'll just you'll be chatting to a mate and do you remember that british grand prix when hamilton won on three wheels and had to drive half a lap to 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 beat verstappen it might yeah. be forgotten as we we continue down the years how many seconds and how dominating uh, that that mercedes really was but uh, let's dive into some questions. At Kirsten underscore creep, why was it allowed that Lewis finished the race on those wheels? Should that not be unsafe? Obviously, a lot <laughs> of the Hamilton haters jumping on this bandwagon, uh, thinking that it was, you know, potentially unsafe, the fact he was driving with a puncture. But I guess the way I saw it and the way probably the stewards saw it was that it wasn't actually particularly unsafe in the sense that the way in which the tyre was degrading and delaminating was wasn't the way that we've seen it before where, you know, it's bodywork and debris going everywhere. Had that been the case, then I think the stewards would have um, uh, basically looked into it because I think it's similar to what, was it Giovinazzi did in practice where he just, he spun and then he just came back to the pit so quickly and there was just debris everywhere. Yeah, and they red flagged that, didn't they? Mm. But it wasn't, yeah, I don't think that tyre was delaminating to the point and it wasn't he wasn't like shedding bodywork and stuff it's funny that one because this this is a bit for me this is just really clutching at straws and don't get me wrong um like you said earlier especially because um Verstappen and Leclerc were the next two down the road we would have loved to have, have seen them winning the race especially for the yep. uh, championship not that they have any chance but we would have loved to have seen a different winner um than a Mercedes however what what's the guy meant to do he's he's retired he's got a puncture on the final lap people seem to think it's a lap and a half ago no it was the final lap yeah and he's not going to pull over and just retire and go oh well he's going to go to the exactly. finish no and ironic- driver's going to yeah, pull over exactly and ironically um well for a start perez did that didn't he in um austria <laughs> when his <laughs> when no his front wing failed and there was no cause for and that was more dangerous him. yeah because the the he's having a lot off yeah Yeah, exactly and also ironically the only thing he could have done was pit but then he wouldn't have been able to pit because he would have probably been even more controversial because he would have corner cut because of the way that pit lane is so the only thing he could really do was drive to the line which he did and he won so it's just the way it is yeah completely um and, and as you say it is clutching at straws it was you know, no other driver, I don't think, would have had calls for penalties, disqualification, all that good stuff than Lewis yeah. Hamilton. I don't know what it is about him that attracts such uh, negativity because in my eyes, and again, I'm not a I'm not a, a Lewis fanboy or anything like that, but I feel like the way in which he drove that car back to the pits was nothing short of astonishing. The fact that he was able to keep that tyre in, in check in the way that he did. I know obviously some of it might be luck. Some of it might be good fortune. But there's some drivers that in that situation would have gone too fast, blown up the front left, and then potentially been out of the race. Uh, that's how yeah. I see it anyway, because the way in which he saw the, the car immediately uh, on that front left start to go away, and then he was on the radio. And again, props to Mercedes as well for the way in which they dealt with that situation, where it was so calm and so composed. When you look back to Germany, when they were trying to get him to pit, then it's completely different um, sort of thing, you know, in, 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 you know, they had that side of things, which was a lot more hectic and, you know, it, it unsettles the driver, but it was a very different approach. Not, not something that I really expected from Lewis or Mercedes really was, 
was just, you know, Verstappen's 20 seconds, 18, 16. You know, it must have been quite unsettling for Lewis to hear that gap coming down so quickly. But fortunately for him, he was pretty much home. It's really weird, wasn't it, that no other cars were really around uh, when he was doing his lap? Because if you watch the onboard, yeah, it's very weird because it's so calm. They're just talking him through. There seems to be no real worry. They're looking at the gap all the time. There's no panic of like, I'm going to lose this race. He's just doing what he needs to do. It's funny, though, that um, I guess you can argue that he was fortunate and he has admitted this himself, that if the tyre had gone when he was going into Cops or Beckett's or something, it could yeah. have been a huge accident. It, look at Kvyat when his mm. um, his tyre went. So um, that is unf- it, that is fortunate, I guess, that he got the puncture where he did. But it is funny that a driver that's dominated the weekend, stuck it on pole by three tenths, led every single lap, and then is one of only a handful of drivers to get a puncture is considered lucky. Yeah. If you Could, put it that way, it's has not there been really any lucky. Clarification? <laughs> has there been any clarification on the on the tyres? Because there's been talk of the fact that there was debris and uh, potentially from Kimi Raikkonen. Um, There's been not as as time of recording. No, so, not as no. time of recording. Because um, it is weird, isn't it? Because we've had like, it before, haven't we, from Silverstone tyres? We fans. have, and it and it's obviously these cars now are putting huge stress on the tyres because they're flat out through ridiculous corners that shouldn't mm. be flat out in normal race cars, even very quick race cars, and so it puts a huge stress on the tyres, and also we we have the problem where. Um, there was obviously a, a safety cars, so they probably went a little bit longer on the tires than they would have expected because they pitted a little bit earlier. So mm. that's putting more stress on the tires. Yeah, very true. But then, but then, like you say, they were they were saying there was vibrations, but also at the same time there was debris from Kimi Raikkonen's car, which redded his front wing and knocked debris everywhere. So I'm not sure. Like I, I think it might have been Hamilton that said he was convinced it was debris not a tire failure but yeah Pirelli haven't said yet so no because we'll uh, there was there wasn't there cuts in for Stappen's tires as well and uh, that's yeah. what I read anyway so yeah it, it, it seems like it's leaning towards towards the uh, debris side of things rather than what we saw in 2013 where it was just yeah, tires just failing failures. left right and center where they were just exploding um yeah. so so yeah interesting but um back to Kirsten's question very quickly I don't think Lewis did anything wrong. And uh, if anything, it was a really, com- I mean, yeah, fortunate that it blew up where it did, but not fortunate in the fact that he won because he did absolutely everything he needed to to win. I think that's fair to say, right? In- indeed. Okay, next question. Alex does F1 stuff. Knowing that Hamilton's tyres were in a similar shape to Bottas's, why would you think Red Bull came into the pits after Bottas's puncture? They could have gambled and gained seven extra points today. Instead, they played it safe and gained, gained an extra one. Uh and that kind of ties in again with uh, the three-word race review of Jazz Simge saying Red Bull effed up. Uh, like, I, no. I, my, my opinion on this is that Red Bull didn't mess up. If anything, <laughs> the funny thing is, I guarantee if Verstappen stayed out, Hamilton went on to win the race and Verstappen's tyre blew up, they'd be saying, why the hell didn't Red Bull pit Verstappen? So it's, it's always going to be... He had Sorry. the cushion. Yeah, he had the cushion yeah. to Leclerc, didn't he? And he wasn't racing Mercedes. He had the cushion to... Yeah, he had the cushion to behind. He, but uh, Red Bull probably heard um, as well Mercedes saying to Hamilton, "Just take it easy, bring the car home." So, like, what? It, it's 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 easy to say that oh, you could have won the race, but when you look at it like that, Red Bull were playing the like that's probably in their heads. That's probably a five percent chance that Hamilton's tire is going to blow up as well within one lap of the end. So yeah. for them, it's a much safer route to go down for the, the, the fastest lap. And even Verstappen said in you know an interview afterwards that, look, is it unlucky or is it lucky? Because Bottas's tyre blew up and they were nowhere near. So I think it's, it's easy to say that Red Bull messed up. And yes, they could have won the race. And maybe they, they should have taken that risk. But it, it's all for hindsight. me, it just doesn't, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. It's all hindsight. <laughs> yeah, y- you're right. I think... Max summed up perfectly in his interview that said, I'm unlucky because if I hadn't have pitted, there would have been a chance that I could have won the race, but equally his time might have blown up as well. And he might not have even finished in the top 10. And then equally, 
he was fortunate that Bottas's tyre went like you said because it meant that he managed to finish ahead of a Mercedes when no one could get anywhere near them because they were absolutely untouchable all weekend. And it's easy to say that Hamilton's tyre was going to go, but how many races have we seen where someone has, uh, say, for example, Bottas having a car failure, for example, yeah. Um, they always go, oh, Lewis Hamilton might have a car failure now. And it never happens. Exactly. And ne- this time it did, but it's not. it wasn't a guaranteed thing that it was going to happen. It was, it was surprising. So w- one thing that was surprising, though, which a few people mentioned, is how chill Verstappen was um, afterwards. Because I think two or three years ago, this maybe shows that he's matured a lot as a driver. He might have shown a bit more frustration towards the thinking the a, a win and, got yeah. away from him and stuff and he was I mean just he was like, effing and blinding quite a bit down the radio but uh <laughs> yeah yeah in the ra- on the radio but yeah, I mean, yeah in terms of an interview afterwards going well I can't begrudge my team for doing it we got yeah, extra points although there was an interesting um comment I cannot remember there's a few actually that we we got in replies I can't remember um who said it now but people were saying that Verstappen at the end of the day he's now picked up good points and an extra point for fastest lap and with the uncertainty uncertainty of like covid and stuff i mean there's no, it's not out of the question because of what happened to perez that people could be getting subbed and stuff so God, he needs every point that, he can like, so Hamilton getting covid or something and then exactly just, like, it'd just be ridiculous obviously because we don't if, wish that on any anyone no of course and, not. Uh, and for people that haven't seen ibr obviously we, we send our well wishes to, to sergio hope he gets better although it seemed like That's he right. had no symptoms anyway from from the video which is which is great to hear but as you say yeah it's that uncertainty that, that a driver might not be able to race for a couple of races which is another very strange like outlook on the championship that we've never had before indeed so maybe maybe you know you've got to think that they need to pick up every point they can and especially they're not racing mercedes are they realistically they're racing the midfield yeah racing point and ferrari potentially but yeah you just you just wonder what people would say if like bottas won the championship because hamilton couldn't race for two races oh my god i don't even want to go down that route i hope everyone stays (laughs) healthy and we don't have to deal with those discussions 100 Uh, finally on this matter fuller underscore f1 says when was the last time the winner won with a puncture across the line and that is never indeed Uh, yeah we've had a few crazy moments haven't we at the finish pushing a Uh, car across the line and stuff like that but never never three wheels it is uh, one thing i was thinking of as well while uh on the subject where where we've been saying oh it's lucky that hamilton always gets this luck and does this it is funny isn't it how all the best drivers have these iconic moments (laughs) um thinking senna in brazil when his gearbox was failing and it was raining um and he ended up winning the race. Uh, Shumi was stuck in fifth gear, I think it was, and he still yeah. finished second. Those are the drives that everyone's going to remember. Didn't from bring these... up Damon Hill then as well. No. Oh no, we don't talk about his arrows. Uh, moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the those moments from great champions happen, and it's because they dominate races. And even when things go against them, they still get the job done. Exactly. Regardless of if you think it's lucky or fortunate, they still get it done. And this is just another thing that's going to go on Hamilton's record and be in all his highlights reels and showing what a great driver he was, just like Senna, just like Schumacher, just like all the all the other greats. So, Absolutely. And you, know, you have to give a shout, well, it's not a shout out, but uh, a little mention to, to Bottas and how unlucky he got because he got his puncture right at the start of the lap and then had to trundle all the way around uh, with a puncture, which pretty much... Well, it feels like we're waving goodbye to Bottas's championship chances already, uh, which is which is quite yeah. sad um, because quite a a, you know twenty five point swing is is huge in the in the matter of this this championship and not knowing how far we're going to go. Uh, right, Tommy, your three word race review. Hit me up. Mercedes then midfield. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so this is kind of two points in one, really. Um, we've already mentioned it to a point, but thank goodness for the midfield because. It made the race exciting. Yeah. Um, the fact that the midfield now is a very weird one because it's Mercedes, Verstappen, everyone else. It used to be Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull. Then you had the midfield and then Williams. But now it seems, especially this race, it wasn't quite as two by two as you normally get. You had Red Bull, Ferrari, 
McLaren, Racing Point, Renault, all together. And one, that's really good for the championship. But the second point here is that it's very bad news for Alex Albon because um, I was thinking about this and because the midfield is so close now, his deficit to Max Verstappen looks... I'm not defending him. He needs to do better and he has not been having a good time. There's no getting around the fact. But the gap is certainly very exaggerated in terms of a result because... I saw this, that Bottas was three-tenths behind Hamilton in qualifying. Yeah. And obviously, we're always saying what a perfect number two driver Bottas <laughs> is to Hamilton. And he's he's quick enough to get second place, but he's in a Mercedes. And that gap between those two is second and first. And Albon was uh, slightly more, but 0.37 slower than Verstappen. And Max is third. Alex is 12th. So it really does. It's not doing him any favours, but he needs to pick up the pace. He absolutely does. Uh, and speaking of Albon, let's talk about the collision that he had with, with Kevin Magnussen yep. at the last corner, which is very weird. To, I don't think we expected a chat about a collision there, but uh, obviously okay. Magnussen getting all out of shape uh, going through the penultimate corner, getting up on the, the sausage curb. Albon, who... Clearly, you know, has a point to prove, wants to make his way up uh, as far as he possibly can. Goes for the move up the inside. As soon as he probably goes for it, he goes, why on earth am I here? <laughs> Magnuson, yeah. you know, Magnuson, he's Kevin Magnuson. You, you know, he's not exactly the uh, a man to give a huge amount of room. We, we know that from previous. And, uh, well, he, he kind of shuts the door. And in some ways, I kind of... I, I kind of get it. I, I get why he's done that because why would Albon risk such a move up up the inside? And for me, I think I, I still th- think it was a racing incident, just purely how alongside Alex Albon was. But at the same time, it, it was it was just very reckless. And and again, not having that patience, like he didn't have the patience with Hamilton. Although obviously we've spoken about the fact that Red Bull was saying that was his only opportunity in Austria to try and get past Hamilton. But again just not having that patience to wait maybe a few more corners to then get him down Wellington straight. That's uh, unfortunately boring for the viewers because I have exactly the same opinion. I was oh. hoping that we might have a different uh, different opinion. It'd be spicy, but I cannot uh, cannot agree more that it's, for me, it's, a, it's my definition of a racing incident where I don't feel like you should be penalising everyone as soon as there's contact. But for yeah. me, it's more Albon's fault because he's going into a, gap that's always going to close he needs to think about who he's racing against and it just seemed so desperate into a corner that doesn't it's not too wide that corner you can't you look at the way even you less take wide that now, corner isn't it? because yeah. the, there's gravel there this year exactly you have to it, it's not the the way the corner is it's not the kind of corner you can go too wide in so i see that he saw the mistake and went dived up the inside but like you say immediately he was probably going oh dear, I shouldn't have done this. And then, yeah, just another another incident he doesn't need right now. And he was very lucky as well. If we're talking about luck in this podcast and Hamilton being lucky, Albon is extremely lucky that his front left was still attached to his car. We've seen much less break a steering arm this, this year. So, hmm. yeah, it... I'm not on the wagon at all of, of Alex Albon to be replaced or anything like that, but... There's clearly something fundamentally wrong with, firstly, Alex Albon's demeanour within the team and what he feels he has to be doing. And I just don't feel like he's getting enough support from Red Bull. Obviously, I'm not on the inside. I'm I'm literally just speculating. But what else could it possibly be where we're seeing almost a carbon copy now of Gasly and Albon both struggling immensely at Red Bull? What What is the fundamental issue that's going on in that team to not allow a second driver to perform. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm I'm probably not the best person to talk about it. Because Alfred is just yeah. the best man ever and no, you know, no, everyone else no. is rubbish. But, but at the same time, Verstappen, you know, we, we talk about Charles Leclerc's incredible drive or Hamilton's incredible drive. And 
we don't for a second think that the other car is being i'm not saying you think he's being sabotaged There's no not, not at all i don't i don't, I don't yeah and i don't think anyone can seriously say that a team would sabotage their own car i'm i personally agree that red bull are there's no doubt that red bull are putting all their support behind verstappen and the car will be built for him now because he's the number one driver and has proved why he would be the number one driver I think the car just must be an absolute handful to drive. I don't know if anyone's looked into if Verstappen has a particularly unique driving style or but mm. we've seen it with Fernando Alonso and his teammates where as soon as you're up against him you just can't get anywhere near him and whether that's the fact that Alonso uh, Verstappen like Alonso demands so much of the team to be built around him getting the best out of the car we're we're in this stage now where Verstappen very rarely makes the mistakes he used to and seems to just manage to get the peak out of the car every single race. So even when Albon is three tenths off, everyone's going, this isn't good enough. Yeah, so, uh, don't get me don't get me wrong. The Red Bull does look like a massive handful to drive and maybe it is. And, and uh, I'm going to give a shout out to, to Tom OF1 for, for saying this, but he, he was saying to me, um, I think it was yesterday, about... And it, and it makes sense, really, that he thinks that, you know, if anybody was to go in the Mercedes, they could do a similar job to what Bottas is doing, just purely how the Mercedes looks like it handles. It's planted. It's It looks simple to drive. Obviously, it's not. No, no punter could go in there. But the people on the grid, he reckons that a lot of people would be able to do a similar job to Bottas in terms of number two driver. However, yeah. the Red Bull, it looks like it's got a ceiling of potential that's somewhere near the Mercedes, but actually getting to that, is so much harder and it seems like the car is so much more difficult to set up. And and that's where, you know, a, a newer driver, an Albon or a Gasly that maybe doesn't have that adaptability in their, in their core yet, uh, isn't able to do what Verstappen is doing. And maybe that is down to the driving style and the, the specific requirements to drive that Red Bull, because it does look ridiculously difficult to drive. I mean, Verstappen crashed it on the blooming, for, uh, not even the formation lap, the, yeah. the drive round to the grid. Um, so it's an interesting point, isn't it, that the Red Bull just, it, it takes a, a specific human to make sure that that gets anywhere near the front. Indeed. And it is, like like you say, it like we were saying earlier, the midfield being so close really does exaggerate the gap between getting it right and getting it wrong because it's so close now. And yeah, it, it's interesting though that they have now brought in Daniel Ricciardo's old engineer is in he he left after Ricardo left the team uh, to do another role at the factory I think as uh, Simon right. Rennie and yeah. since then um I don't know uh, I I don't f- want to for a second say that it was all down to the engineer but they've obviously felt that they need a more experienced engineer with that second driver mm. to be able to um help them perform and this was the first weekend where Simon Rennie has actually come back. Um, but unfortunately, because Albon didn't qualify well and made mistakes, we didn't really get to see that in action. So we, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to see if that does help him perform better. Fingers crossed. Uh, Drew B2400 says, Why does everyone refuse to bash Albon the same way they bashed Gasly? Because... <laughs> Gasly's performances were worse than Albon's statistically and also on the track. You can see that there was something holding back Gasly getting confidence in that car. At least Albon has shown glimpses of of potential. Um, He hasn't been able to really hook into qualifying just yet. And and as you said, Tommy, just recently that, you know, his performances are now being scrutinised even more because an off qualifying will, will get you knocked out of Q2. Which is which is crazy to think, and a Red Bull was not supposed to be there. So, I think if it continues this way, Albon will get the same bashing as what Gasly gets. I think that everyone's seen it happen to Gasly, and maybe is a little bit more sort of understanding that it's not as easy as it seems to just get in the car and be quick. I don't know, but but either way, I don't think Albon's got a huge amount of time left before things start to get maybe a little bit worse for him. Speak, speaking from our side, I don't think that, I know this is a general comment, but you know, Gasly performed poorly in the Red Bull compared to Max Verstappen and 
for example, in ABCDEF1, we graded him rather harshly. And Albin has no doubt done the same thing, and we've graded him harshly. I, I do... There's, there's no denying that there are drivers um, that certain people seem uh, see in a better light because you know I'm sure I'm sure uh, fans will have been very endeared by Alex Albon from the way he was during the um, virtual GPS and being on streams with everyone. Yeah, no, no doubt to some fans they feel like they can't be harsh on him because he does seem like this guy that you don't want to kind of yeah you just like oh the poor guy like he he deserves better Mm. but like you say like he he deserves the the criticism he's getting at the moment and he he himself will know he needs to to pick it up and get back to where he should be yeah and he knows that you can see that in the interviews where he's just he just looks inconsolable and you know he's not looking at the interviewer he's kind of looking down he's like yeah rubbing his eye i noticed yeah and it's just it's it's sad to see because we we've seen that before. Um, who was it? Oh, was it Kvyat? Who oh, there was there was a driver that's on on the grid that kind of got into a rut, or maybe it was Gasly. I'm thinking of. I'm not sure. Which Red Bull driver was it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which yeah. of the Stappen's teammate was it? it pr- pretty much, it was one of <laughs> one of the one of the Red Bull guys. You know, and yeah. you could just see it happening, and it's just so sad. And you just kind of want to reach out and hug them. Yeah. Um, but. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how it unfolds. And finally on it, Hamilton SAFC. How long before Albon is swapped? I don't think that's going to happen personally this year. Um, unless he literally starts not scoring any points. I, I don't see them doing another Gasly personally. It's weird. I've been following the Red Bull junior team for forever. Um, mm. And it's interesting to me how much... Daniel Ricciardo leaving has really screwed them. It's unbelievable that I I remember Red the Red Bull Junior team being so strong that hmm. they couldn't even promote De Costa into a Toro Rosso, who yeah. was clearly an incredible racing driver and deserved to be in Formula One because there was so much talent in that pool and they couldn't promote it. And now they've got a case where the second driver at Red Bull isn't performing. The two drivers in the Alpha Tauri, formerly Tarosso, are both been fired from Red Bull. Kvyat even completely fired from Red Bull and came back to Formula One with them. Mm. And they're both older than the Red Bull team. It's very weird, weird situation. I mean, for me, Red Bull need they they need great drivers. And the problem is with with Red Bull is you can say about them being promoted too early, but Sebastian Vettel was promoted and he delivered. Max Verstappen was promoted and he delivered. And because those guys were so good, that's the kind of level that Red Bull expect. So when Mm. someone comes in and they're not like that, people ask questions. And, And it is a difficult situation. We said it many times on the podcast that we all want to see the best formula one drivers in f1 but then when someone gets and then it's almost like the other extreme is red bull where they go well okay we only want the best drivers in f1 and if you're not max verstappen level you're gone yeah so and it's, it's, yeah. it's unrealistic expectations to to think that you can get just another max verstappen in the team and do you even want another max verstappen in the team exactly they need a, a, they need experience they need yeah they could they could do with someone like you know they used to have obviously mark webber in that second seat who maybe wasn't he did push for the championship a, a mm. bit and would would take wins and he obviously had that brought that huge experience with them but the way the Red Bull program works now, them kind of hiring someone like a Sergio Perez or something, it seems so unlikely because it's not the way they do their work with the junior team. No, it's not. The curious case of Red Bull. We'll do see you, how Do that... you think Gasly, because um, we've not really spoken about how amazing Gasly was in this race. We haven't, no. Let's, uh, uh, let's give him a quick a, shout out. What a performance. And do you, yeah, do was... you think he might have been... He, do you think maybe he should have been given more time now? Uh, so hard to say, isn't it? It is so difficult because he he's already proven himself at Toro Rosso or Alpha Tauri, whatever you want to call him, 
so clearly whatever was going on at Red Bull, there was no way that it was really going to pick up anytime soon. It didn't look that way anyway. Gasly was, you know, a finished man. Yeah. Uh, it was horrible to see. So I, I think it was the right thing for them to do. And I think Gasly, the way in which he's reacted, come back, got straight back into that team, has saved his F1 career because of the fact that, you know, he's pumping in these amazing performances. You know, getting past Vettel in a Ferrari was very odd to watch, uh, considering yeah. that was that was for position. Um, yeah. so, so no, I, I I don't think I think if anywhere if anywhere Gazi needs to go somewhere else because whatever's yeah. going on in that Red Bull team doesn't work for him. It, um, ordinarily, if you completely take out the equation that Gasly was ever once in that team, do you not think they'd be promoting him straight away based on that performance? Yes. Yeah, yeah, which is sure. really weird. Which is really weird to think, isn't it? But I think it, it's even more embarrassing for them to if swap they them again. back again and. The, the whole thing is a bit it, yeah. of a mess, really. They are in a mm. bit of a mess with their whole junior setup. It's going to be interesting to see how they, how the rest of the season pans out because there's no doubt Alban is under pressure. It's sad. I just want to mm. see him do well, you know. It's, uh, it's difficult, but yeah. I, I, I genuinely believe Red Bull need to look at what's going on. And it's not just, it's not at driver level. And it's It goes deeper than that and they need to work it out because... Not since Danny Rick have we seen a teammate perform well with Verstappen. So, yeah. right, moving on to the be- bit better news, bit a uh, bit more happy, or well, kind of <laughs> until Sunday. <laughs> kind of <laughs> um, was, of course, Nico Hulkenbach. Yeah. Uh, I did enjoy that 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 hashtag. To be fair, and and what a what a return it was for him. You know, he probably didn't even know he was going to be racing Thursday morning. Then he gets the call in the afternoon. Flies over, gets a seat fitting, does an hour in the simulator to uh, pretty much get re- get used to the controls again. Remember how to drive an F1 car. Then he had a COVID test, didn't he? Then he was back at the sim. Then he was basically an FP1. And Mad. yeah, crazy, ridiculous. And then obviously he didn't race, which is just hmm. heartbreaking. He um, he's, he's lucky that Racing Point, uh, in a way, I don't know how it would have worked, say it had been for Ferrari or... Or, or even um, even a UK team based a little bit further away. But the fact that the Racing Point factory is at door, Silverstone, yeah. he could obviously go there, have his COVID test, and then it's like a five-minute walk, seat fitting. Because he, he was doing his seat fitting until about 2 a.m., according to um, yeah, yeah. The, the stuff that he'd written. So it w- all was very last minute. But you've got to um, applaud the turnaround because when when it was happening i don't know about you but i thought there's absolutely no way he's being he's going to be in the car in fp1 because he wasn't even announced when fp1 was pretty much um about to start and then you see him running down the paddock in racing point gear it's crazy how last minute i don't remember a driver change ever being that last minute and rushed it's mad yeah, it was a ridiculous turnaround, wasn't it? Um, the fact that his name wasn't changed on the leaderboard until about five minutes before FP1. And then I think there was a big confusion about the driver number as well. I think it was 65,000 at one point and his name was Perez. But either way, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was great to see him back. I think th- th- there was a unanimous feeling of just happiness that Hulkenberg, you know, his career wasn't over. As much as we, you know, he has had opportunities to get podiums and stuff, he's clearly proved himself enough to deserve a spot on the grid I think that's without saying and I know that some people have been saying oh you know maybe he'll get a seat at Williams but people are forgetting that he's already had chats with Williams and as far as I'm aware they wasn't enough money for him and he doesn't really want to be tootling around the back so it clearly isn't the the right fit for for Hulkenberg if he did want to get back onto F1 Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add on that Tommy yeah I thought I thought the same it's funny that obviously there's huge pressure on the fact that there was so much talk, especially when Stroll banged it in in first in FP1 or two. I can't remember which one FP2, it was now. Yeah. FP2. Um, they were very disappointing, actually, Racing Point. Their, their pace when I they thought were, they yeah. were going to be best of the rest out behind Mercedes. But yeah, it, it's, a, it's a massive shame he didn't start. But it did look like after after all the kind of problems that he'd had, that he'd end up driving this incredible car at Silverstone that is probably the second best car in F1 and he would have a real chance at a podium but 
I'm just kind of glad they were off the pace. It made me feel a little bit better about Hulkenberg not driving because he probably would have finished on the outskirts of the points and maybe even out of the points and it would have been quite a... Because, I mean, Stroll finished ninth in the the end, so... Yeah, they they were nowhere near what I expected them to be. Yeah. Uh, Maddie Rocks says, why didn't Racing Point try to fix Hulk's car so he could get used to the track and the car at race pace, considering that he is most likely to race at the next one as well? Or is it simply against the rules to take part in the race after a certain amount of time has passed since the start? I don't think that's a thing, is it? They can. I don't. I don't believe so. I'm sure you can. Uh, I'm sure you can start e- either way. The the kind of the problem. It wasn't like a suspension problem yeah. or something. It was fundamental. Uh, Engine, power unit, power, power, unit, power yeah. unit. It sounds, it sounds very Hulkenberg. How uh, unlucky it was that it was something to do with a bolt had sheared, and then got stuck somewhere, and then it meant that the engine wouldn't tick over, so they couldn't even start it. Um, but I did <laughs> oh read, I did read ironically um, that the the part was a Mercedes part. Wow, <laughs> sabotage. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's, so it's getting, that's it's isn't sad. It? Getting. It is sad for Nico. At least he's but... there next week. Uh, this yeah, week, some sorry. people. I think we should probably address this. Some people are thinking, and and I, to be fair, I've seen a, a few things saying that Racing Point might debate when the first COVID test was, and that the self isolation could be shorter than. I don't know if you've seen this, Tommy. Uh, where yeah, looking into pe- it, but yeah, that they're looking into the fact that Sergio could potentially race next weekend, but. Um, I don't personally see that happening with the strict parameters in place uh, no, because they, seems... as much as they have that test, surely, surely that the, 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 whatever you want to call it, the isolation starts when it's given as positive. That, that, that's how yeah. I would see it anyway. Yeah, me too. I, I, I would be very surprised if Perez was racing because there's even talk that he might not even race in Barcelona. Is it after, yeah. after the yeah, two? Spain, so, yeah. yeah. That's really we weird, isn't see. it? God. Oh, well, uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm sure Sergio you know, will rest up and, and be back for Spain, hopefully. Uh, it'd be great to see Hulkenberg have another shot and actually get on in the car. Because, you know, even his neck was, you know, you could see he was kind of struggling with his neck. And it, it's, it's, it's things that people don't even think about as well, that he was struggling with free practice about there was uh, a numb spot on his bum because of the way in which the car's molded and he's a tall guy so things are just a little bit out of place when you think that he's sitting in Sergio Perez's car which is you know just a much smaller man uh, so he's he's actually really lucky that he's very similar height to Lance Stroll that he could borrow Lance Stroll's overalls because obviously they wouldn't have had any made for him so yeah. imagine them with two short drivers he probably would have been there in a kind of just alpine stars bought off the yeah. shelf thing because oh, his helmet was pretty default wasn't it yeah, it was just the carbon fiber last minute thing. But he actually um he actually ended up with fifteen percent of the driver of the day vote, despite not even driving, which says a lot about that vote. That's doesn't it? that's like uh, Verstappen <laughs> winning uh, winning it in America, wasn't it? When he Yeah, when he retired on lap three or whatever it was. Oh, was it lap three? <laughs> I think it I can't remember. It was something like that. <laughs> ridiculous right we, we move on well actually driver of the day great little segue hamilton won driver of the day which i don't think many people can dispute i mean there were a few good drives uh ricardo up in p4 was was uh, a pretty stunning one for renault obviously ocon p6 uh Le- but leclerc and gasly yeah leclerc dragging that horrendous car to p3 people were quite surprised i hadn't spoken about leclerc and ibr but look there were many other performances that i needed to talk about i'm not <laughs> a fanboy okay that's passionate. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's a great performance from Charles. Don't get me wrong, we'll talk about it at ABCD F1. But yeah, I think Hamilton did deserve driver of the day because he managed everything unbelievably. And the fact that he drove that car to with three wheels, who else can you give it to? It's, it's funny that no one really likes the... We've said it so many times with the driver of the day, but no one really likes the boring lights to flag victory. So it takes a tyre explosion for Hamilton to get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right, Tommy, play the jingle. Now it's time for ABCD Okay, now. Perfect. Right, let's do it. ABCD F1 time. Let's start with Lewis Hamilton, right from the top. Lewis Hamilton, A star. Star, easy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, qualifying, pole. Although he did have a few iffy moments, but still I think he's well within the A-star region to not be given an A because of his spin in qualifying and things like that. 
Yeah, indeed. He, his um his uh his spin in qualifying was a very strange one because I think a lot of us were like, oh, Bottas looks to have the edge here, and it's like, yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. three tenths on on pole. Yeah, it's weird. I felt like all through free practice and the first couple of sessions in qualifying that Bottas could actually take pole here and potentially win the race. It looked like Hamilton was a little bit off kilter, but when it came down to it, he eventually found his form on the last lap of qualifying as Hamilton, you know, just pops in a banger. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, and the race, we, we, we don't need to go any further detail into that. Uh, Valtteri Bottas. C, I guess. It wasn't. Wow. C. What do you think? C, that's a bit harsh, I think. I don't know. I mean, he kept we... Hamilton in check for the entire race until his tire blew up. Three tenths off in qualifying. He... I think it deserves a B. I think it wasn't a it wasn't a Bottas performance twenty seconds down the road. Obviously oh he was no! Unlucky about the explosion, no. but he was within. Then you can argue that he was pushing his tires too much, and that's why his front left blew up. But then the Hamilton's went two laps later, so it's not a huge amount of difference there. Um, no, I, I think B's a all right. I think, you know, come on, a couple of seconds behind Hamilton the entire race, and he was they were exchanging fastest laps until things went wrong for him. So it would have been interesting to see. I I don't think he did have it in him, but when Bottas before his incident, the fact that Max was kind of closing in a little bit, I think the gap was too big. Yeah, but obviously they were. If his tire hadn't gone and they were really nursing that problem, it would have been interesting to see how that panned out. Not that I'm mm. complaining because the end was incredible anyway. No, so it's brilliant. Uh, Charles Leclerc. A star. A star. I mean, no, pops no it P, P4 on the grid. Medium compound tyres in Q2. Put himself on the best strategy possible. And then lugs it to P3 somehow. I, I did scream. Not going <laughs> to lie. When Bottas blew up and then Hamilton blew up, for some reason... I forgot Verstappen existed and I thought, <laughs> thought Leclerc, Leclerc was going to win. win. I, wow. ge- I genuinely, I was like, genuinely stood up, started screaming. And then I was like, oh yeah, Verstappen exists. Okay, that's fine. But it Leclerc was, might um, get P2. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's weird. His, his year's been a bit strange because he had two woeful races and then he's had two for me, which are probably two of the best drives all season, which was this race and the first race in Austria where he's managed to get that absolute truck of a ferrari onto the podium yeah so, yeah it's a weird one isn't it so i mean he's he's just proving as long as he doesn't have these moments where he kind of does something a bit silly well, he mounts his teammate yeah but you gotta remember he's only in his third season i think in f1 yeah, now third full season yeah. so he will um hopefully iron those out but i mean his pace is just unbelievable i think yeah. i think this was a race where it just showed that hamilton you know, call me call me a fanboy, but Hamilton, Verstappen, and Leclerc really do seem like the class of the field. Yeah, big statement that. Get mm. ready for your uh, DMs to arrive with I mean, haters. Yeah, yeah, and Danny, I mean Danny Rick, top four. You could argue probably the four best in F one at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. I mean Lando and Sainz and Carlos, they're thereabouts. Anyway, yeah. uh, Sebastian Vettel. Whoa. Oh, this is a tough one e. because he he was really poor and i don't think you can excuse like don't don't get me wrong he had some horrendous i mean his practice session his pedals weren't put on properly or something in Mm. fp2 and then it happened again in fp3 so he barely got any running and i don't think that really helped him no not set up the car but yeah i mean it was just woeful performance and he he himself said that he's just he just cannot get used to this car I mean, he doesn't have to because he won't be there much longer, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I think, yeah, as much as the car does look like a difficult thing, we have to compare to the teammate. And yeah, I think it is a D or an E definitely. in every way. So, so E D. It's, yeah, it's definitely E or D. Um, it just depends how how much sympathy we're going to give him for the practice, which I guess okay, we'll really... give him D. Uh, also. Uh, we have not really mentioned it, but um, I, I know we we kind of joked about the Lawrence Stroll thing, him giving a fist bump on the way to the grid, yeah. and a lot of people were saying, "Oh well, you know, Seb knows a lot of people in in um, F1." But I noticed there's a quite a strong paddock rumor that Ted Kravitz mentioned, which is 
that Vettel has signed the contract with Racing Point and the only reason it wasn't announced is because Perez wasn't at the circuit and didn't, they didn't want to kind of do it while he was trapped in a motorhome with COVID. Yeah, fair. So it really does look well, like Vettel's on his way to Racing Point and Aston Martin, which Aston, would that'd be, be very cool. interesting. God, I hope they tra- challenge at the front. That would be amazing, be great, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it? I would love that. It'd be so good. Then Vettel can have his... Have his uh, glory days again. Well, not, I think not I, as bad, not as good as Red Bull. I don't want those kind of glory days. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, back at the front, back at the front, because nice. I think he would be rejuvenated because he's clearly just he's done with Ferrari, isn't he? In every way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Verstappen. Uh, why? A. A. It's he's a kind of a victim of his own success that you just expect him to get everything out of the car, and yeah. you almost need him to beat a Mercedes to get an A star even though you could argue what else could he have done in that race. Yeah, maybe so, he yeah. wasn't pushing as hard, maybe, because the, the only reason of- I say that is because of the team radio he sent to his teammate, uh, his team where he was like, don't forget to drink and stuff. So he was kind of in a quite a yeah, light-hearted yeah. mood. So I wonder if he was pushing as physically hard uh, as he possibly could. But yeah, that's Maybe not a little bit defeated, defeated by the, the gap yeah. in qualifying because it was not surprised, enormous. You know? Yeah, it's huge. But yeah, A for Verstappen. Albon? Uh... I saw some people saying that he should have got driver of the day and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, no. He's like eighth he... in a Red Bull after crashing into Magnussen. Are you mad? Yeah. It's like, yeah, he made some nice overtakes, but it was his poor quality result and an incident that was more his fault, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people's yeah. opinion, especially the stewards. So I think That's it's indeed. a D. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, D. Yeah. That. Okay, all right. Carlos Sainz, uh, I thought he had a very good race. Yeah. Had a very good start. Got ahead of Lando, um, which was surprising. Lando had a very, very poor start. Okay. Um, so it's difficult. Obviously, a. he had an explosion. I think Poor a. qualifying. But yeah, I think A. A, a suits for Carlos. Uh, just a shame about his tyre. Uh, Lando, uh, he had a I great th- qualifying. Bad start. I feel like it's harsh to give him a B because of that. Yeah, he I was think with Carlos the whole time, and I think Lando was—they um, were almost in a bit of a difficult situation where I think Lando felt like he was catching Carlos um, mm. because Carlos clearly had the tire trouble, which obviously it did end up blowing up. Um, but we I didn't think, even see Ricardo's uh, move on move, Norris. Did no, we? we didn't. But I think uh, Lando felt like he was being not backed up by science. Obviously he wasn't doing it on purpose, yeah, but because of radio, not being yeah. able to get close enough that he was kind of falling into the traps of Ricardo when he felt like he could have got ahead. Um, I think it's an A as well. I think that those two are just really solid and it's, it's nice to see Lando now being able to kind of match Carlos in race pace as well. Yeah, which absolutely. I think he was doing last year. So, and Lando is firmly heading his way, like securing his spot around the P four area, isn't he? He's uh, doing very, very well indeed. P four after because it, it was almost in the in this kind of new era. You expect the top six to be locked out by Red Bull, Ferrari, uh, and Mercedes. Yeah. So you kind of seventh is best, and after four races to be P four is pretty. Is he? Let me just look it up. Yeah, he's P four. He yeah, he's is still, still fourth? fourth. Yeah. Yeah, he's got thirty six yeah. points just ahead of Charles Leclerc. Unbelievable scenes. After four races, that's dead impressive. That is very good. Uh, right, uh, Ricardo, a a star. Star. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, great race from him. Unbelievable. Uh, Renault just looked really strong. Even Ocon uh, wasn't too far behind Ricardo when you compare it to. Uh, the first few races where he seemed to be lacking quite a bit of pace. So Esteban hopefully coming good. He needs to start beating Ricardo at some point. That would be uh, good for his resume, wouldn't it? But yeah, because I know I know Ricardo is obviously extremely highly rated, but we can't forget how extremely highly rated Esteban Ocon is as well. Yeah, when you so. think that he was on the same level as Perez, so maybe it'll just take him a few more races. But he's, he's performing well enough, I think, within that Renault Ocon yeah, to yeah. to just settle himself into the team and his two year contract. Uh, Gasly, Gasly, ace, ace star, oh. yeah, yeah, superb, superb, superb. He was very chef's un- kiss. <laughs> he was, yeah, one of the drivers of the day for me. He made some good moves as well. He yeah, just looks so good in that Alpha Tauri. He he loves that Alpha Tauri at Rosso, doesn't he? He does. He really does. Uh, Kvia. Oh, this is difficult. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't his, his fault. Was it? Wasn't his fault. Um, where was he running in comparison to Gasly at the time? Oh, 
put me on the spot there and I, I genuinely yeah, I can't remember. I don't yeah. think, because I think Gas, Gasly definitely outqualified him because Gasly almost made Q3, but was 0.000, wasn't he, off yeah. making it? Yeah, yeah, mate. Okay. Um, C. I think C is fair because it wasn't really his Yeah, C. I was going to say a B maybe, but I don't know. I don't think he... I it's one right, of those was, things. Okay, it, right, we'll go. We'll go with C. C. We'll go with C. C. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Hulkenberg, A star. No, oh, drive no of the day. His his drive to drive the circuit. Of the week. His drive to the circuit in the morning was superb. We're giving him an A star. I don't care. Put it on the, <laughs> the sheet. Give him an A star. We are. No, giving him unbelievable a, a performance. B. Huh? We're giving him a B. I think a B. Okay, we'll give yeah. him a B. Fine, whatever. Party pooper. A. Give him an A. No B. He was didn't even know he didn't even know he was racing three days ago. Give him an A. Oh, fine, if you want to give him an A. Look, it's just a nice A. He's not going to okay. be there for the rest of the season. Yeah, okay. It doesn't matter what his points are. Uh, Stroll, C. Yeah. Really? Blackluster performance, but it seemed like it was more down to the car, if anything, and just the tyres falling off a little bit as well for him towards the end. Yeah, really disappoint, disappointed with Racing Point. And he's, again, it's really hard to judge because he didn't have a teammate in the race. So I think no. C's, C is fair. Uh, Raikkonen, oh, wow, what dear. a what a torrid weekend he has he had. Took his, he was getting he passed took by his Williams. Time. Yeah, D, D or an E. e. I mean, it was awful, e. absolutely F. awful. He, he um, his team radio was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, coming into the pits and seemed like his engineer was rather scared of Kimmy, if anything. Like, oh, okay, sorry, no, don't worry, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean, show, shows he's still got some fire in him, despite languishing in 17th still obviously you know wants to do well and stuff but he's not going to do well for the next well yeah who knows where he's going to go or what he's going to do after is it this year isn't it his last is it like this year yeah last this year? is his last year which is a big shame yeah. really because he seems like he's just gonna be one of those Bow champions that just bows out in a rubbish car at the end and waves goodbye that'd be sad that'd be very sad i hope not i hope he I don't know, does another year in Alpha a good? Who knows? But uh, yeah, I think that's a solid F for Kimmy in that one. He was getting yeah. passed by Latifi. That's uh, that's not that's a good something. look. Yeah. Uh, Jovanazzi, E. Um, no, not an E, D. I uh, think D? D, yeah. What's your reasoning? Well, he, he was um, doing all right at that. What happened at the end? Because did he get a penalty at the end? Because he was ahead of people, and then I feel like he had a penalty or dropped right at the end. He's one of those people. He had a safety that... car infringement or something, did he? Oh wow! Okay, I feel like he had a safety car infringement. That will be it. Five second penalty at the end, I believe, um, yeah. which dropped him from just shy of the points behind like Russell and everyone. So, yeah, I think a D. It's not. Okay, we'll he give needs him a D then. More doesn't he? Uh, Magnussen. <laughs> I mean, so hard. difficult to. Difficult to judge considering he was in the barriers at the start of the race. Um, How do you d- judge someone that makes a mistake on lap one? That D, well, not we give him a D. Really he made a mistake, yeah. got punted yeah. off. Uh, Grosjean. Oh, we've not even talked about. I mean, he Grosjean. stayed out, didn't he? he? Stayed out on the mediums. He just finished. chilling. Has literally just rolling the dice with every strategy call they ever take now. <laughs> yeah, uh, like everyone's pitting. It's a free pit stop. Stay out, Roman. Stay out, just in case we get another safety car in 20 laps time. He finished dead last, didn't he, behind both Williams, yeah, right? Yeah, because, well, he had to pit, didn't he? It's like, yeah. It was pointless, the strategy, but not I'm, much he could do. I'm very surprised, correct me if I'm wrong, that nothing came of his second incident. Because for me, the first yeah, the jerk, one yeah. the first one with science, that's a bit harsh. I don't know, you weren't calling him a jerk. You were talking about the move, right? <laughs> The jerk of the steering wheel. Yes. Um the move on science, personally, yes, it was a bit dodgy, but even as the Max Verstappen fanboy I am, he kind of does that every single race and doesn't get a black and white flag. So I thought that was maybe a little bit too harsh. But then the fact that he's got that black and white flag... Did it again. And then did it a lot worse with Ricardo. That one was really sketchy, as Ricardo I think, even said himself on the radio. And there was no kind of oh, well, you're getting a penalty now, which is very weird because it's like, what's the point of a black and white flag if saying don't do that again? And then he does it again worse and there's no kind of repercussion. So there wasn't any repercussion for him because I was quite confused about that. 
Yeah, I don't. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I don't remember seeing any kind of penalty or drive-through or. No, very no, strange. It wasn't mentioned, and all right, it's probably not. Yeah, it probably doesn't do him much good when he's the chairman of the GPDA, yeah, which the I think association. Yeah, and he's got to be like, uh, let me hear your thoughts. No weaving on the straight. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, because he was saying, oh, you know, my moves. You know, it needs to be written into the rule book if I can't do it. It's like. I swear okay. it was. Yeah, I'm I sure it was. You can't oh, yeah, make two change of direction. Black and white flag, surely. But oh well. Uh, so Grosjean E. Yeah. Russell, where well, he got into Q2, so I'm going to give him a B. He finished twelfth. Very yeah. close to points in the end. I but think um, mainly because of DNFs and yeah, wasn't on pace. Was it? They were. Oh no, because Russell got a five place. Was it a five place? Yeah, penalty? he did get a five place penalty. Or was it? No, he started at the back, didn't he? I can't remember now. He started not right at the back, but oh, yeah. a fair a fair way down. Because oh, actually, he no, he would have started at the back because he only was 15th or something, and he would have had a five-place penalty. So. Oh, yeah, okay. So, he was right. He was on the back row of the grid, yeah. But I guess... And that was because of not slowing down for yellows because of his teammate crashing. Which is not very smart because I think he would have made it anyway. I think he was yeah. up. So not, uh, not he was on the He was on the smart. bubble, I think, wasn't he? Uh, maybe... I think B's still fair. Yeah, I agree. I think he's still impressing. It's not a C performance, is it? No, and A is a bit too high because he, let's be honest, he got 12th because the people behind him were his teammate, the Alphas that got penalties, and Grosjean, who obviously was nowhere with pitting. Absolutely. Uh, Nicholas Latifi? D. D? C, D. It doesn't have much pace, really, did he? And Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe C. Let's C. Let's see. Yeah. I don't think he's been that bad. He's against Russell as well. Season, so, yeah. Let's give him a C. Uh, right, let's move on to our predictions then. Uh, what we predicted for Silverstone Grand Prix, at least one Ferrari out before Q3. Oops, is what I predicted, which was wrong. Uh, it was wrong, wasn't it? Vettel didn't make it, did he? Or did he? I think Vettel made it, didn't he? I'm going to have to look into this now. British... <laughs> I don't feel like Vettel made it into Q3. Uh, Pretty sure he didn't. Uh, oh no, he did. He, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, of course, it was him that pit Casley, was it? Yeah, on the set. Was it the set? No, no, it wasn't. Q2. He did a twenty-six four five five, and it was uh, Lance Stroll and Gasly that did the same time. So ah. there you go. Okay. Uh, as much as I'd love to have a point, because you <clears> like you wanted to give me one there. <laughs> uh, not after uh, last no, time. no Ferrari out. Very close, but uh, okay. no cigar. And Ocon beats Ricardo. Wrong as well. Good one, Matt. Uh, Tommy, your two. Oh, Mercedes racing point top four was completely wrong. And this one you did get right, because screw you. It's the most generic thing I've ever seen. Another threat of rain race. Yeah. It was 60%, I think, when we... 60% qualifying, wasn't it? On no, before. 60 for the race, I think. Oh, my God. I think, yeah. maybe. It's just one of those things, isn't it, where raining at the water park, I'm sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> Give you a point anyway. Go on, I'll have a point uh, then. Fans, Daniel skews F1. Lewis says we have the best fans sat at home. No, he did not. He did not. Hey. And Fiona underscore Sprayer, Russell first point. No, that was a terrible week of predictions for us there. Two, now two we go off. to Silverstone again for the 70th anniversary Grand Prix predictions. My two... Hulkenberg DNF. I don't want it Sad. to happen, yeah. but I just feel like that's the what that's what the universe will bring. Mm. And Vettel out of the points because if his if his form is anything like it just was, he's going to finish outside the points, and he would have finished outside the points had Bottas not had his tire blow up. Okay. So I think that's a fair prediction. Your two, uh, Science gets fourth this time. Wow. Okay. Big big prediction. Big yep. prediction. And uh, Pirelli bottle it and don't bring the softer tires. Uh, it says yawn. It says here commentators constantly talk, talk about punctures. Oh, I changed it. I changed it. I changed it. I changed it. Pirelli bottle soft tires. I put on the document. Yeah. So obviously okay. we mentioned it. Signs fourth. Yeah. Even though they were slower than Renault this weekend. Interesting. Yeah, I think he'll pull it out of the bag. But we'd not really mentioned that the next. I think we did on another podcast a while back. But they're meant to be bringing softer tires. Yeah. And now with the, now with the punctures and it's meant to be hotter as well. It is supposed to be like 32 degrees, I think, this weekend. And with the tyre blowouts, unfortunately, however much I'd love to, because in my opinion, I don't know about yours, is 
the teams just need to pit more if they're going to blow up. Yes, but it's not a case of tire a... failure. It's just wear and yeah. Maybe combine that with a bit of debris. Let's have a two-stop, please. That would be nice. Then we get some strategies and some different tyre compounds, and that would be lovely, wouldn't it? It would. Right, fans, Baldy Mark 05, three-stop strategies. I don't think it'll be a three-stop. Three-stop would be extreme. I think think they'll push a two. Some people were messaging me saying five-stop strategies because of the hot weather and softer tyres. No, Mm. unless it's a 200-lap race. Uh, an RSU official, no Mercedes on the podium. My God, I want to be giving a pe- uh, point out for that one, um, but yeah. I don't think I will be. That's a bold prediction if we've ever seen one. Indeed. Right, we're done. We're finished. WTF1 podcast over. Tommy, any more thoughts? No, let's hope the race is as good as it was at the end all the way through. 10 stops. I, w- I want a 2012 f1 race where everyone's pitting every 10 laps different strategies different tire compounds but i think probably Sign me up. It and uh, bring bring the old tires instead no please are they allowed to i guess on safety measures <laughs> we'll they're allowed out. to yeah probably but don't don't do it because <laughs> the teams will just do the same thing they'll just try and one stop no. and they'll blow up again and it'll be hotter so i don't know anyway that is it we are done thank you very much tommy I'm waving at you right now. Goodbye. Bye. Take care of yourself. You too. Um, we've got another, obviously we've got the 70th anniversary. I don't know why I'm still, I'm still waiting for talking. <laughs> uh, 70th anniversary uh, race and then we have a, a week's break. No, we don't. And then another, wait, what? Triple header, isn't it? Silverstone, Silverstone, Spain. Oh yeah. In a row. Then, then why the have you put it on the sheet? You know I'm Ron Burgundy. That was from the last week. Is it still on there? For God's yeah, it's still there. Oh. I, was, I said it and I was like, I don't think that's true, but I'm gonna say it anyway <laughs> and see what happens. God's sake, Tommy. Oh, and you've also written Tommy is a sexy man. No, you haven't. But anyway, <laughs> right, it's not a week's break. Screw you, we've just had a week's break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> It's fine. Nobody watches this part of the podcast anyway. Right. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Tommy, screw you for putting that in the sheet. I'm still waving at you. And uh, uh, we'll see you all (laughs) next time. (laughs) I'm Matt Gallagher. (laughs) He's just put in the sheet as well. Right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.